Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. Today is December 18th, 2022, and this is episode 95, where we're going to do a retrospective on 2022. You can reach me by email at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the latest things that are happening on my tabletop, go to my Facebook page, Tabletop Sportcast. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com backslash tabletop sportcast. A donation of a dollar a month goes a long way to helping to offset costs for the podcast. All right, without further ado, and before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. Not looking to spend a lot of time on this recap for the week since uh, this episode is mostly going to be a recap of the full year. But uh, here's what I was able to complete this past week. A lot of stone cold hockey. I got to two more series in round two of the 74-75 playoffs. Uh, Montreal knocked off Vancouver in uh, six games, went at four games to two. And then in the second series that I played, uh, Buffalo survived Boston, uh, winning the series in Game 7. So they won it four games to three. All home wins in that series. Uh, Boston won all their home games. Obviously, Buffalo won all theirs. So, yeah, Buffalo comes out on top, and they also advance. I've got one more series to do in Round 2 before moving into the semifinal series. Tennis uh, played the... Women's Clay Court Championship, and Steffi Graf ends up being our winner over Justine Hennen in the all-time great women's. Uh, went three. It actually only went two sets, but both went to tiebreakers. So Steffi Graf wins 7-6, 7-6 uh, to take home the Clay Court Championship. Legends of Boxing had a couple of uh, bouts. Uh, Gene Tunney defeated... Sam Langford uh, by unanimous decision. So Tony retains the light heavyweight championship belt. And oh, actually, that was the only one I played this week. Uh, so Gene Tunney continues his dominance of that division. I also played a little bit of golf, all time great duels. Uh, Tiger Woods ended up losing to Gary Player. So his reign in these in this competition has finally come to an end. Uh, he's been losing to Arnold Palmer the last couple of rounds, but was able to win the, con- you know, uh, consolation matches to get back to that championship match uh, until he faced Gary Player. So Gary Player beats him by two strokes, and then Gary Player lost to Arnold Palmer. So Player will fall back into that consolation match again, and Arnold Palmer continues his reign of top the all-time greats. Uh, lacrosse Blast. I finally wrapped up the 1974 National League Lacrosse Tournament. Uh, number two, Rochester at number one, Philadelphia. And it's Rochester that comes out on top. So Rochester is my 1974 champions. Uh, they win the final game 11 to 5. Took me a little while to do that showcase. Uh, stretched it out over a couple months, but uh, we finally got. I finally got it wrapped up. And then with History Maker Baseball, um, I decided to shift focus again. My 1969 season, I've decided to make completely an Express uh, project. So I'm going to play that one entirely through Express. 
And I have a new card set coming at the end of the month for Christmas. So I'm not looking to do anything with History Maker Baseball, like kicking off a new season just yet. I'll be doing that probably towards the end of the month, uh, beginning of January. So I decided I still wanted to get History Maker Baseball on the table. Uh, stole an idea from Cooper Gilbert and basically playing one-on-one duels here. I have five pitchers and five hitters that I pulled from the Cooperstown Classics, and each hitter faces the pitcher faces a pitcher for a full nine-inning game. I just play a whole nine innings with that batter only. And all of the intangible qualities, like fielding qualities, um, hot and cold, like, um, you know, most of it, like uh, the – team harmony kind of thing all that's being decided by decider die so i just like roll the decider die and if the question comes up and it's not on the player's cards then uh, i leave it up to the decider die to, to figure out what the status is at that point in time so i've been running through that i've made it through two rounds in the, in the last couple weeks here and right now my leading batter is nat blagiway uh, my batters that I'm using are Yogi Berra, Nat Blagiway, Wade Boggs, Don Mattingly, and Tris Speaker. So Nat Blagiway leads all batters with uh, 15, no, 25 runs. And then Ed Walsh is the leading pitcher out of Steve Carlton, Ed Walsh, Lefty Grove, Whitey Ford, and Eddie Plank. Uh, it's Ed Walsh who leads with only seven runs allowed through the first two rounds and two rounds means they've faced uh two other players so you face one player each round uh we'll play a five rounds hopefully by the end of this month and that will wrap that one up and that's it that's the week in review for our tabletop 14 sessions all together that's what i ended up with all right, so let's go to our main topic for today, which is a retrospective on 2022. All right, so let's take a look back at 2022. And um, we're gonna go through, I, what I did is I went back and listened to episode 37, which was my 2022 planning episode. Um, I laid out my plan for 2022 in episode number 37. So if you want to go back and listen to it, uh, I'm going to capture a lot of the highlights as I kind of go through this. I had four categories that I covered in that episode. Uh, my solo project plan, the cooperative event plot project plan, what I was hoping to do with the podcast, and then cooperative game design. So we can start with the last one because there's not a whole lot to talk about. I really didn't do anything with the cooperative game design this year. So I think the first major area that I didn't really get into this year was the cooperative game design. I just never really got that going in the way that I wanted it to, never really devoted the time to it. So that just never materialized. Um, so one of the four areas that I covered in that planning episode never came to fruition. So we're going to just take that off the board and we're going to focus on the other three areas. And I'm going to do this a little bit in reverse order. So let's start with the podcast. I think my overall goals for the podcast uh, could be summarized in a couple of things. One, I wanted to get into a better routine with the podcast. Uh, last year, I was doing 
multiple episodes per week. And I had committed to, I'm going to try to get down to about one episode per week, which is really where I ended up. Um, I think for the year I ended up with 58 episodes, which works out to just a little bit more than uh, one episode per week. There were a couple places where I did, I even, I think talked about in the podcast, settling into around six episodes a month. Um, but mo- really trying to move towards that, um, Sunday being the day that I record. So there were a couple places where I did extra episodes, um, but ended up with right around 50. I think this is the 58th episode for this uh, year. So just a little over one per week. Uh, The other goal was to get above 10,000 total downloads. Uh, It's a niche market for me. I'm not expecting to have a huge audience for this podcast, but Uh, I was able to actually not only get to over 10,000 downloads for the podcast, but actually surpassed 10,000 for this calendar year as well. So pretty happy with um, the uh, engagement with the audience. I think there's a really good following. It's It's a small group in terms of what podcast audiences can look like, but I'm pretty happy with the fact that it's remained fairly consistent throughout the year. The other thing I wanted to do was get into doing interviews uh, this year and adding it to the other content formats that I was doing. And that happened really well. I was able to hold a number of interviews this year. Uh, I think I originally was hoping to get maybe one per month, which didn't work out. But, um, you know, we had interviews with Travis Jansen, uh, Bob Hansen, S.T. Patrick, John McGinnis, uh, Gary Brown. Harvey Couch. Um, I think those are the the ones we got through. So I got about five interviews in. I feel like I'm forgetting one here, but um, that's where we stand and looking to get some more as, as we get into 2023. So I think that's been a nice add to the format that I've been doing uh, with the podcast. And That was mostly it. From a podcast standpoint, I think those were the main goals. And for the most part, I would say, yes, that went really well. I feel like uh, I've settled into a good routine. I have some good format shows. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I have like a basic routine that I keep up with. When new games come out, cover those. Um, Don't get too far away from the agile concepts. And talk a little bit about, you know, digging in on the games. And it's based a lot on the feedback that I've been getting from the audience when I get a chance to talk with people about the podcast. That's what I hear everyone wants to listen to. So I'm just going to continue to uh, move in that direction. So that really covers what I was hoping with the podcast. Uh, You know, the other thing I had mentioned in, in the planning one was launching Patreon, which I did get a chance to do. Hasn't really caught fire, you you know, probably talk a little bit about that in next week's episode. But, uh, you know, that's something that I did want to get going. And I I feel like it has gotten uh, at least a foothold, which is really what I was aiming to do here in, in year two of this podcast. Next up, let's talk about these cooperative events. And the cooperative events kind of fizzled out midway through the year. And I think a lot of that is because I just didn't really strive to do a whole lot there. Uh, We started off with one really good success this year and then one early failure. And the really successful cooperative project that we did earlier this year was our 1980 
Winter Olympics uh, replay. Uh, it was a homebrew set available for free at play. We didn't need to play a ton of games. You know, it's a fairly small tournament. Everybody was really engaged. We had a few people really highly engaged in that. We did not get the U.S. to win the tournament as they did in 1980, but uh, they did fairly well. I I forget actually who did win it. Uh, when I I could probably look back and look at it. But really not important though. We did complete the tournament was the most important part of that. So uh, we we got across the finish line. I ended up because we never got the game to materialize. I ended up going back and playing the U.S. versus Russia and or soviet union and actually had the united states win that game on my tabletop even though that game never really happened in our uh, tournament replay the early failure that we had was with the 1961 continental league uh, this was a league you would have had to have purchased uh, at the time during the holiday sale play ended up releasing a special collection of the card set about midway through the year but Early on in the year, it was only available as a uh, it was available during the holiday sale. So it probably limited the available uh, audience. Um, I don't think it ever really caught fire, and I think we went too big too fast. Uh, we were trying to do a an eighty game season replay with about I forget I think it's about eight teams worth. So that was really pushing the envelope on how much we needed. We needed a lot more people to be able to do that in a short amount of time. I think what the lesson learned from both of those is the 1980 Olympics, similar to other projects we had done, we were able to complete in about a two month time frame, And I think that's the sweet spot for the cooperative projects. I've talked about that in previous uh, shows. If we can get a project completed in about two months, I think we have a chance to get it fully completed. That Continental League was pushing on four months and it just wasn't going to happen. Like the last couple months were really watching like participation die down a lot, quite a bit. So I think if we're going to do cooperative events going forward, we need to figure out how to keep them to about a two month time frame. Now, the other really successful and it's, you know, I can't take a lot of credit for it because it's organized um, by Paul Salzgaber. But the other one that I had on the list as being successfully completed was the play tour. Uh, this is the one we did. Uh, Paul organizes around History Maker Golf. He finds a few courses again, sticks to about that two month time frame. I think we do about a course a week for about two months. He did it leading into play.com. And that worked out really well. Um, he's actually planning on launching the second version of that, which is going to be the Play Invitational Tour. This one time it'll be using the Course Collection 18. I think he's kicking it off in January. Again, it'll probably last just a little over a month. And that'll open the door for us to maybe do some other cooperative events on the other side. And I'm going to talk more about some of those next week in the Look Ahead episode. But... Outside of that, there were some other things I was hoping would materialize that never really did, and I really just never got anything going. Um, I really had intended on doing something around Highlight Maker Hoops, just never really got it organized. Uh, a couple of us tried to do something with the Blam, but again, I think we went too big, and we just didn't have the participation that we needed. So it's a matter of finding the right card sets to work with. I've got some ideas. I'm going to talk about those a little bit next time, but... Um, outside of those couple of events, 
nothing really ever really got going in terms of the cooperative events this past year. And that will leave us with the solo plan. So we'll start a little bit with my collection. You know, here's some of the things that I heard as I was going through my planning episode for 2022. First was I started the year with 34 games. So um, that made me think, I'm like, oh, I have a lot more games now. I wonder how many games I've actually been able to add this past year. And I was a little surprised by the totals. Uh, we, I, I ended up, let's see, any, any, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, I think 12 new games, three, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, yep, 12 new games added to my collection this past year. Among those, uh, Red, White, and Blue Turbo, Cold Snap Express, Roller Rumble, Bull Ride Hero, Global Gladiator Games, Let's Play Tennis. That's all the ones. uh, Oh, and History Maker Baseball Express and Highlight Maker Hoops, all from Play Games. So talked last week about how busy play games has been and that's how many new games i was able to add just from play games not all those are brand new games but those are all new games for me i also added two titles from stone mountain press uh that's dice united and the new stone cold hockey and also added from um mike fitzgerald's baseball highlight dice uh talked about that a lot uh, earlier this year and then from ST Patrick, the squared circle, where I've added a couple of the books to my collection. Uh, looking to add more of those as he gets a couple more released. But those are the ones that I've been able to add this year. So a nice mix of sports and some early favorites too, like Highlight Maker Hoops and History Maker Baseball Express probably jump out as two of my favorite games. Um I've really, I really enjoyed Dice United as a quicker play game, getting into the tennis now. So some really good titles there that were that I was able to add. Uh, so that was the first part was, you know, 12 new games. So almost added like another third on top of where I was. And I'll talk next week about the difficulties that that's starting to play into my planning as I try to figure out how to get all these different games on the tabletop. The other thing that I talked about last year was, uh, or, you know, as I kicked off the year was aiming to get about 16 to 20 projects done per year. The plan was work on at least one project that comes across the finish line each month. Add to that a quarterly project, something that I focus on per quarter. And then if there's room, add on even more to that with cooperative projects. So the good news for me is, you know, I just wrapped up another showcase with Lacrosse Blast, and I think that puts me right around 22 projects completed. So I actually surpassed the goal. And the biggest reason that I did that is because I learned an early lesson early this year, uh, Play Games released the Pro Football Showcase. And the format that they set up for that just like put up a light bulb for me. And I said, wow, this is something I could do with a lot of different sports. 
And when I listened to the planning episode, I was really struggling with this idea of like, how do I work with some of these fictional sports uh, that have like these evergreen sets? Like, what's the approach that I should take? Do I do a season and just kind of redo that season from time to time? Or do I have to figure out some other format that works? And the showcase worked out as like a perfect thing. Like figure out how to play like five sessions with this game. Play it for the month, put it back on the shelf, pull out a different game the next month, keep rotating them through. And because of that showcase, I would say almost half of the events that I completed or projects that I completed this year were a result of those showcase events. I'm actually going to be looking to build on that a little bit next year, and you'll hear that in next week's episode. Um, But the showcase was a huge win for me this past year in terms of getting projects completed. Yes, they're very small projects, but that's the point. You can't do everything as a really large project. I'll talk a little bit about where my large projects were, medium-sized projects, and then the really small ones too, um, as we talk about this a little bit more this year. I had a goal to, to complete a lot of projects with History Maker Baseball. And, you know, I said a lot. I didn't really say how many a lot was. Uh, I did do what I wanted. I, I wrapped up the 1940 AL mini play pretty quickly and did complete the next project, which was the 1985 uh, Tom Seaver, What If He Was Still on the Mets project. Those two got done fairly well. I think I was about mid-year, midway through the year when I completed the second one of those. And then I struggled with what's the next project. And I'm still struggling to some degree, right? Uh, I think what I need to do with History Maker Baseball is continue to strive to not only think about a big long-term project, but think of the smaller projects that I can do along the way too, and not have everything have to be like a season replay, even though I definitely seem to lean towards the season replay when I think about doing things with History Maker Baseball. So I got to work on that a little bit. I had several key failures during the course of this year, too. Uh, Three of them really stood out as I was listening to the episode. Uh, One I talked about a lot, 1974 National League Lacrosse. I did just complete a small tournament, but I had big design plans. I actually even talked about at the beginning of this year that that was a project that was going to carry into next year. And the truth is I just never even got it going that far because it just was too lengthy to play a single game. And the idea of playing out a full season with it just seemed a little too much. The all-time great golf season. I was going to do a full tournament season with the all-time great golf set. That I struggled with that. I did end up settling into a really nice project with the all-time great set, but it wasn't a tournament season. We talked about this a little bit in my interview with Harvey Couch that maybe what my failure in design there was uh, working with a group of golfers that were all on the top end of the scale. And that if I'm going to do a tournament season, I probably need to pick up one of the actual real seasons where you've got a good mix of good golfers, bad golfers, and everything in between, because that's really where a tournament is going to play out the way you would want it to. It's really hard when you have a lot of guys who are on fairly equal footing 
to feel like you're giving them an equal treatment when you have a tournament mode that eliminates half of them right out of the gate. So that's that project really struggled too. And then I've really struggled getting my full second season project, the 1994 Barry Sanders season. Uh, got off to a good start. I think I'm about four games in, but just didn't get it back to the table and had a couple of difficulties there. But that's one that I've just said, I, that's back on the plan for next year. And I'll talk about that next week. I also mentioned two other projects in that um, episode that I never did anything with. And I was listening to it. I was like, oh, that actually wasn't a bad idea. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. The first was I talked about when I got Highlight Maker Hoops. And again, this was an episode I did at the end of December, beginning of January. And I didn't get hoops until probably late March, early April. I guess in that time frame, I just completely forgot about the idea of doing like a rumble style season with Highlight Maker Hoops. Uh, picking one of the card sets. Totally failed on that. I think it's a good idea, and it's probably one that I should think about bringing back for next year. I also talked about with Fast Drive Football doing a World Cup-style season. Uh, at the point, at that point, I was knee-deep in doing a full season replay with the 1990 season, and I think I was trying to figure out, like, what can I do with Fast Drive without doing a full season replay? The World Cup-style tournament makes a lot of sense and I probably could do that with one of the season sets. So that's something I might bring back as well. Um, it's kind of, you know, I have another idea for one I'm going to do. I'm actually going to do a rumble style with fast drive football, uh, but I'm going to pencil that one in as another potential possibility. And that world cup style really is a good way to shrink a season down to a much smaller, easier to manage format for some other games too. So that's where I stood. You know, I, I did talk about the fact that I wanted to try to work on 25 to 30 gaming sessions per month. And it sounds like a lot when you think about it. Like there's 30 days in a month. So playing 30 sessions a month really adds up quite a bit. But then I went and I was like, you know, okay, well, what does that work out to? Well, you know, if I play 25 sessions per month and I have 12 months, I'm talking about 300 sessions. I am over 500 sessions for this year. And, and actually last year I realized it wasn't even 25 to 30 that I had shot for like, <clears throat> excuse me. Like by the time I had finished uh, 2021, I finished with 541 sessions completed. That works out to about 45 sessions per month. So that's probably closer to the bar that I need to set for myself. Now, that was influenced a little bit by pandemic time where I still wasn't fully back into regular mode. So I probably want to scale that down a little bit. But right now I'm on track to maybe surpass that by the end of this year. So maybe 45 sessions per month isn't that big of a stretch. You know, again, like you think about it, I just completed 14 sessions. If I do 10 sessions a week... For 52 weeks, I'm at 520 sessions. So setting that bar around 500 sessions per month is probably or per year is probably not that outrageous for me. Um, something for me to think about as I set some goals for next year is like that pace of play. Now, 
there were a number of projects that I had planned that I know just slipped. Um, but there were some good successes during the year. And, you know, here's what I wanted to do now is, you know, last week I talked a little bit about the top 50 games. I'm going to also just cover with you real quick here my top five projects for this past year, just to give you an idea. And this is, again, going to be based on the total number of times that I actually played these projects, not the, just the game, but these projects during the year. All right. Uh, so let's come back and do my top five projects for 2022. All right, so here's my, in terms of total number of sessions, here's the top five projects that I had for 2022. And I will tell you that three through five are pretty close. I'll give you the actual numbers here and you'll hear the, the separation here. But number five is my American Grid, Lo Grid Zone, American Grid Zone League season one with obviously Grid Zone by Stone Mountain Press. I uh, completed an entire season replay, fairly small season. Each team played each other one time. Uh, it worked out to 27 sessions. I had started it in uh, 2021. So for this year, it still played 27 sessions for that project. And that checked in at number five. At number four was my Hoops Madness project with Highlight Maker Hoops by Play Games. Uh, it's still in progress. It's going to carry into next year. The goal here was I was playing out an entire tournament. I'm using all the teams from a number of season sets. I've got 28 sessions completed so far. I'm a little more than halfway through the tournament. And that one checks in at number four with 28 sessions. So only one more than Grid Zone. At number three is my career Legends of Boxing career campaign with Chris the Cannon Carter. That was one of it was definitely one of my favorite projects for this past year. All told, twenty nine sessions completed for Chris the Cannon Carter's uh, career replay there, and that one checks in at number three. That is the Legends of Boxing career campaign by Stone Mountain Press, uh, checking in at number three with twenty nine sessions. So you heard that three, four, and five, 29 sessions, 28 sessions, 27 sessions. That That's about right for that medium-sized project. At number two is the 1985 Tom Seaver on the Mets What If Project using History Maker Baseball by Play Games. Uh, all told, I had 36 sessions for that project. So um, a little bit of daylight between number two and number three. But Tom Seaver's What If Project with History Maker Baseball checks in at number two with 36 sessions. And then number one on this list, which had almost as many sessions completed as the numbers two and three combined, was that 1990 season replay with Fast Drive Football um, by Al Wilson. Uh, this is the game that you can download as part of charity wear, you know, download the game, pay uh, to, you know, make a donation to a charity. That's really what Al's been asking. But that 1990 season replay, which actually had started in 2021, 
still saw me complete 63 sessions this past year. So 63 sessions for my number one project for the year, which was that 1990 season replay with fast drive football. That was definitely on the larger side scale for a project. Um, that's it. So, you know, that's that gives you an idea about like the types of projects that were being completed on a like month by month basis. Every month, like a project would come across the finish line. The showcase events typically between five and 10 sessions, uh, usually closer to five, though. Um, so a fraction of what these were. Um, and that would be like the small size projects where the uh, showcase ones. So looking back, big successes, uh, 10,000 plays for this podcast, huge success there. The showcase events and enabling me to meet my project goals, huge success for 2022. And then 12 new games added to my library and getting all those to the tabletop. Um, you know, that's that's just a huge success and, and not just adding them, but for the most part, getting them played. I think there's only three of those games that are new games. Two of them I'll be getting at Christmas time. So I haven't had a chance to play them yet. And one just requires head to head play, which is the red, white and blue turbo and haven't had a chance to really get that on the table yet. So I'm hoping to do that soon as well. Um, but everything else made it to the table and was played often. And that's really where we stand. So let's come back and wrap this up. So that's a wrap on the this week's episode, which was a look back at 2022. And I did forget one key piece when I was talking about the podcast. Uh, number one episode for the year was actually episode number 44. And it's my number one episode of all time as well. Uh, that was building the narrative in History Maker Baseball. Uh, 217 downloads as our number one episode. Almost double like my normal uh, audience, which is great. So uh, really proud of that episode. I've heard a lot of good feedback about that episode as well. So failed to mention that as we were talking about some of the podcast goals, but that's the number one episode for this past year. Yeah, 2022 was a really great year again, you know, and I think I talked a lot last year about the fact that in 2021, my gameplay was really driven by the pandemic, unfortunately, right? Like we weren't able to get out and do a lot of things. So a lot of my gameplay was pushed forward by the pandemic. But I think that changed in 2022. And while it started that way in the beginning of the year, by mid-year, things were returning fairly to normal, and I was able to get out and do a lot of different things. So I really think that being able to keep up that rate of play uh, has really been more about the hobby and building the right types of projects and keeping myself committed to figuring out ways to get projects across the finish line. And it's also a lot of credit to some really well-designed games too that just keep me interested so appreciate that appreciate all the game designers whose games have made it into my collection and those who have not yet that i plan on continuing to build that library in 2023 and that's next week's episode next week we will look ahead to 2023 with our annual plan and you'll hear some of the themes that we talked about here and as well as some new ideas. I've got some new ideas for 2023 that I think are going to 
helped me continue to keep engaged with this hobby. So tune in next week for that. And in the meantime, appreciate you listening in and hope you enjoyed the look back at 2022. Thanks for listening.